I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we've started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Now, usually on this show, we ask more of a lightweight question, but this isn't very uh, this is, isn't a very lightweight film. So we're going to have to step up our game here. Um, so if you had the chance, knowing what you know now, would you go back in time and kill Hitler? Oh my gosh, this, I knew you were going to ask this question. Yeah. I was watching the movie I, and I'm like, this is going to be what he It's asked. a biggie. It's <laughs> a biggie. Is, and I, I didn't have time to really think about it. You know, I'm just on the spot Kevin. here. But I don't Come know. On. I mean, it's like you would prevent so much tragedy and everything, but it would yeah. create this butterfly effect, effect right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you don't know right. what bad things are going to happen because this happens. But I feel like in that case, yes, because like the Nazi regime, regime did just totally fall apart without him at the head of it so i I can't see like somebody like stepping in to like take over for him there i feel like it just would have ended the war earlier so i'm gonna say yes to that question actually yeah i mean why not it's a public service Mm -hmm. and that is the pickle that our lead character is stuck with in this Mm -hmm. film is if if you knew someone was going to cause chaos and destruction and death and all kinds of things horrible like that what would you do Mm mm-hmm would you shoot He's got a lot of, a lot of pickles in this movie, you know? Many pickles. And if he would Many just pickles. keep his fucking hands to himself, maybe he'd be mm-hmm. fine. Keeps touching everybody. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I saw that your mother's in a car crash. It's like, well, mm-hmm. then stop touching people. Yeah. This whole movie's just fucking sad. I don't even want to talk, talk about it. Let's talk <laughs> about sh- shopping mall. Okay, let's just, let's <laughs> fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind sleeping through the Trump years and the pandemic, but, yeah. you know, I, no, in normal times, it would be weird to, to fall asleep for five years. And... If if one could plan one's coma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you wake up and Trump's being uh, put in prison and it's like, oh, what happened here? And everyone's happened? like, well, let me tell you. And like, you know, I don't want to know. I just I'm just glad that things worked out the way they were supposed to work out. What happened on The Apprentice? I didn't know this was going to go oh, like this. <laughs> Have you seen Megan yet? No, I'm planning tomorrow, but I am hearing raves, which is a little surprising. I'm hearing great things macro on a micro level, a little more mixed, looking at my letterbox here, some of my friends, but nothing below like three stars. So that's pretty good. Well, that is acceptable. Yeah. I will take it. not seeing like all one stars or all five stars or polarized mix, which is good because it seems like people at least are having a good time. Isn't that what horror is there for, especially in January? Just like get out there i mean usually it's terrible in january but the past couple years it's been like pretty good in january so i think they're trying to clean the slate that january february slate that used to be just filled with the crappiest movies ever made yeah yeah they're like you know what what would happen if we released movies that were halfway decent in january and february what would happen it it makes sense you know i mean uh there's enough horror to really spread out across the whole year at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't all have to be crammed into October, and it's kind of annoying yeah. when it is because you don't have time it to get is. everything in October. Yeah, last year was tough. There was like something yep. coming out every fucking day, and I was like, I mm-hmm. only have so many hours in the day. People, right. stop it! Mm-hmm. Like you got theatrical stuff, you got stuff on Prime, Shutter, HBO Max. I'm like, you got to stop it right now. Just stop it. Yeah, yeah. upset me. There was also 
this is like fresh off the press here. Did you see this with the movie coming out next Friday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see about it. Heard mixed mm-hmm. things. I'm just uh I'm just pissed because it's on Peacock. It's on the Peacock. I don't have Peacock because I don't care for Peacock. Mm, yeah. So I'm like, I don't really have a desire to get this. So I guess I'll never see it. I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know. So you'll have to tell me if it's if it's worth it. <laughs> You're probably paying the amount you would pay to see it in theaters if you just pay for Peacock for one month. Oh, oh yeah. I guess I could just get the the subscription and just cancel it. It's a little strange that they just kind of announced it on the fly. We're talking about Sick, by the way. This is the film yes. that is uh, yes. co-written by Mr. Kevin Williamson here. It had a premiere last year at uh, TIFF, uh, and I heard very mixed things about it. But we will see. It's I, I have some doubts, given that they're just kind of throwing it out here with no promotion or anything else. It is strange. Um, it's very, yeah. very odd. I, yeah. I, I see. I, we've, I think we've talked about this before, how these streamers will just be be like here's a trailer starts friday and you're like wait what how how are you doing this this makes no sense like can we at least get like a month of advance notice yeah something Something? to to plan for a little bit here bizarre Uh, but i did like the trailer look interesting feels like a film if it's going to be really a lot of pandemic satire maybe it should have came out either a little bit earlier or a little bit later because we're in this kind of weird place now where it just feels weird to even like talk about that period i don't know but that does concern me a bit i feel like it's gonna be whenever you do a a film that's very of the times it's just you have to release it right away or else Mm -hmm. it's just gonna date it's just gonna age like milk yeah what else we had that uh evil dead rise trailer your mommy's with the maggots (laughs) (laughs) i don't have any thoughts on it i mean it's it's a trailer it looks like a possession movie we'll see yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm game. I, I wasn't yeah. okay. Every, everybody put down your stones, but I wasn't like thrilled with the remake. So no, I wasn't like, either. I mean, I'll just come yeah. right out and say it. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. it didn't feel, it didn't feel like the originals, which is okay if you're going to do something like really original, right? With it, but it didn't really do anything different than I was expecting it to do, and it just felt yeah bland. I don't know. It, it, despite the fact that there was all this gore and stuff, and I think that was the main appeal for a lot of people. It was like really I, intense I think and so. really gory, but I was like, okay, yeah. what else? <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm, I, it's like I'm not. I like the Evil Dead movies, but I've never been like it. That's it's not like my number one fran- franchise, so I'm not. Sure that invested so if yeah. it's good great if it's not the whatever life goes on right exactly um, the tv series is actually pretty good so i, I, I do I, need I, to watch that if if this is bad i mean there's there's always that i feel like people are kind of ignoring right. that in the conversation right now even though it starred mm-hmm. bruce campbell and like yeah that's what people always complain about these movies like oh bruce campbell's not coming back so i don't care i'm like well the tv series is out there that's still it's doing like, a thing but a whole fucking show with him i don't know right <laughs> like, what right. more do you want what, what more do you want at this point <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> But I do yeah. think it's written by Sam Raimi, right? So it has potential. It has potential. Uh, I don't know why he's not directing it, but uh, no, uh, we'll see. He's like I'm too old for this shit. Uh, maybe. I mean, yeah. I'm still kind of hoping out for a Drag Me to Hell part two. I don't know if it'll ever no. happen, but I would watch it. Yeah, it's doubtful, but right. I would love yeah, it. Right. I'm cautiously optimistic, as I am with most things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're more optimistic than I am. I'm usually like, ah, this is going to be bad, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, it could be good. And I'm like, okay, Chris. Okay. And sometimes it has the same costume designer as Dreamgirls. You never know. I mean, (laughs) so it could be good. You never know. I appreciate your uh, glass half full mentality on life. Did you watch the uh, that Renfield trailer? 
I haven't yet. No, I'm I'm not big on the Dracula vampire stuff. So sure. I'm just kind of like, and I think I'll probably see it in front of Megan. So I'm like, I'll just wait for that. I'll just oh, wait yeah. for the big they, they the big screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't really figure out what's going for tonally, but we'll see. I mean, you, you cast Nicolas Cage in here, who is just like a joke of himself at this point, and the movie looks like it's kind of more like an action horror movie but then it's also like this comedy and i'm like where are we going with this so mm. we'll see i'm more intrigued by that uh andre overdahl last of the demeter movie so oh yeah we'll see i did see that there is a a new picture out from scream six mm. and it has Ghostface in new york in case you were oh, yes. wondering yes i did see that. um it's a very detailed picture Spoilers surprising. Spoiler yeah, alert. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers everywhere. In fact, I did see someone post something underneath it. That's a spoiler. I'm like, is oh is it God. really? You didn't think Ghostface was going to be in this movie? What the fuck? Uh, like, come on now. Let's get real. Some people, some people are a little hyper paranoid about spoilers at this point. I, yeah. You know, like, and they'll ask you, like, oh, should I watch this trailer? Is it spoilery? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. How do I know if it's yeah. going to spoil anything? Like, like it's, it's... <laughs> none of these scenes might be in the movie. Who knows? That's right. happened before. Who the fuck like, knows? Yeah. Did you ever see the trailer for Black Xmas? Right. Most of those scenes are not in the movie. Not so... in the movie. Uh, studios are now getting sued for, you know, including <laughs> stuff that are. is not in the movie. <laughs> that tickles me because it's so ridiculous i'm Mm -hmm. like really that is just i mean this stuff happens people cut the trailers together months before the the final cut of the film so there's all this stuff that they have to work with that might not make the final cut it just happens you know there's going to be alternate shots alternate lines of dialogue it's just it's gonna happen so y'all need to calm it down and how do y'all have so much money to sue people who has time or money to sue? Really, right? Exactly. Privilege. Some of the lies. best trailers, like I'm, like the one for I still know what you did last summer. Great trailer. Well, I mean, they, yes. there are multiple ones, but the one with her in the um the psychiatrist's office. And yes, stuff. Like, that's not in the yeah. movie, but it's awesome. Like, no. it, it, and it's a nice complimentary little feature to go with the movie. You know, it's it's great. I really wish they would do that more often. Just like do yeah. a trailer of stuff that's not in the movie, but just sort of sells the tone and the basic yeah. idea. Just do that's that. What we need. Yeah. Yeah. It's like even this um Evil Dead Rise tra- trailer the day before they c- came out with a teaser teasing the trailer which they always fucking do right. now. Right. And it was like a 15 second bit and it was actually kind of perfect and I was like why even bother releasing more than that? Like that would make me w- w- want to see it just that one little bit. Exactly. But then they go and they release the green band trailer and the red band trailer, which are, by the way, completely (laughs) different. So it's like it's like they're selling two completely different movies into these trailers. The the Christmas duology of trailers here, the the green band and the red band. Yeah, (laughs) it's so strange. Yeah. So we basically got two trailers for the price of one. And I'm like, just release the little teaser. That's all they need. Right. So that's what's going on here at the end, uh, end of the year, beginning of the year. Where are we? Oh, Time? I don't know. <laughs> Let me reach out and touch someone and then I might get a vision. Let me think. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we're continuing Stephen King uh, features this month, right? Yeah. That's kind of our uh, tentative game plan unless we change our mind, which we are apt yeah. to do as strong, confident women then. who are, have we are. intuition. Right? We yeah. take no shit from no man. We right. don't. Exactly. 
Exactly. So you you don't know you you might get a final film this month called the the First Wives Club. You don't know. You never know. You know. You really don't know because <laughs> you don't own us. You don't. Right. So haha. So don't tell us what to cover. So make like Stalker Channing and jump off a high rise. Oh, yes. That's always so sad. That, 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 that's that was dark. It always makes me. That always was dark. Makes me cry. It was a little dark. It's like who thought like let's open up this delightful like. Co- 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 comedy with a drunken suicide right of a legend that sounds like fun oh it's so sad i love it it's opens so with a suicide closes with a musical number more films should take right. note okay right. that's what we call yeah. an arc i mean it's pretty much with desperate housewives too right you open with a nice <laughs> suicide of and then uh deal with the implications of that throughout the season yeah yeah, yeah it's true <clears throat> it's true a trailblazing it. film there's something to it <laughs> I, uh, I like a I like a film that takes us on a journey, you know, and that's exactly. what these Stephen King exactly. films do. They take us on some dark journeys into the annals of the human mind and experience. Did you say the annals of the human mind and experience? The annals. The an- mm, is okay. it annals or annals? I, no, I think I, it's annals. Never... But uh, okay, I, we'll go with it. we'll go with that. But uh, I was okay. just picturing a nice anal passageway into the. Anal up through passageway. the body into the human mind. <laughs> you pass the colon into Castle Rock, over mm-hmm. into Cambridge or wherever it is in Maine. What is it? Right, Ch- yeah, Chamberlain. Uh, that's what it was. Chamberlain. Yes, that's Carrie, where. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They. We're back in Maine, mm-hmm. where yes. it just snows all the time. Apparently. Uh yeah, it, it looks a lot like Canada. Let me tell you, it, is it Canada? It, it is. Uh, did they shoot it in Canada? I mean, it's Cronenberg. I believe, He's always Canadian, so. I believe they did. Okay, uh, that makes sense. In uh, Greater Toronto area, it looks like. Mm, okay, makes sense. But uh, makes sense. It is uh, in quotations Maine, though. Ah, uh, yeah. They don't really shoot many of these movies in Maine proper. Nope. Which, like, you you would think that like the Maine Film Commission would have like a would have like a thing where yep. they would allow these Stephen King adaptations to actually film there. Yeah, you think you'd get like a big tax break or something, like yeah. because Stephen King is like one of the biggest thing Maine is known for, right? And their quirky independent politics. Yeah, but everything else and I don't lobster know. and lobster and lobster. Yes, yeah. Interesting mix of factors there. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're in the early '80s, which is about a uh, seven years earlier than the film we did last week. Mm, So we are in Slasher Mania at the moment. Uh, They're pretty much filling up the theaters. This is kind of the tail end of that first round. Uh, Curtains also came out this year. Reagan years, you know. I get a little bit of that uh, vibe with this. um, What's his name? The politician in this? Stilson. Stilson. Greg Mm. Stilson. Vote for Stilson. I'd rather not. I'd rather not. Yeah. Yeah. I sell abstain. Yeah, that's the early 80s. I mean, AIDS, unfortunately, is taken off. Um, yeah people doing coke left and right that's that's the 80s (laughs) stephen king had released the dead zone novel in 1979 so this was another pretty quick turnaround here he was just plopping out those novels and people were picking them up and getting the rights and making movies out of them left and right uh lorimer film entertainment began developing the film uh we had producer carol Baum uh gave the book to screenwriter jeffrey boehm not the same last name but sounds like it and and so Bohm developed a script with director Stanley Donen, who left the project before the film had reached production. So Lorimer eventually closed its film division. Oh, this is, a, sorry, this is a different thought. <laughs> Lorimer eventually closed its film division after a series of box office failures. And soon after, uh, producer Dino De Laurentiis 
bought the rights to The Dead Zone. He initially disliked Bohm's screenplay and asked King to adapt his own novel. However, he then didn't like King's screen script either, and uh, he called it involved and convoluted, which, oh. okay, which tends to happen again when you try to cram an entire book into a screenplay. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's, uh, eventually, David Cronenberg came on board. Uh, he said that he was the one ultimately that decided not to use uh, Stephen King's script. Um, he called it needlessly brutal. So now oh. I kind of want to see the script. <laughs> needlessly brutal. Yeah, I mean, for Cronenberg uh, to say something is needlessly brutal. I mean, that's interesting because he's made some yeah. pretty fucking brutal films. This movie's pretty tame, honestly. I mean, there's the suicide, but you don't see anything. No, yeah, you know? it's it's, uh, it's 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 a pretty classy movie. To be it honest, is. I mean, yeah. Like, I think I remember this playing on TV more or less kind of uncut. There wasn't a lot. Yeah, I don't to think you'd have to really cut a whole cut lot out. from this. Maybe a little bit of yeah. the the implied rape stuff and yeah i don't i don't think you can really cut that suicide much more i mean it's Mm-mm. like maybe just a little bit but i don't know uh but anyway uh de Laurentiis um had this other guy andre zualski write a second script and didn't like that one so he went back to bohm oh, shit. and the film was finally on track to be made uh with our dear producer deborah hill involved 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 Deborah, she had such a great eye for projects. You know? She really did. I mean, she jumped from like Halloween mm-hmm. to to the Dead Zone to Adventures mm-hmm. in Babysitting to Clue, Clue. to yeah. the Fisher King. I mean, just mm-hmm. very interesting, diverse, eclectic tastes. Yeah. yeah, I think we could use more producers, more thoughtful, creative producers like her these these yeah. days. This says King had written a screenplay that was more parallel story structure with a more parallel story structure i don't really know what that means um hmm. things happening i guess all at once at or interdispersed time, yeah. um hmm. i don't know but i think bohm wanted to to simplify that a little bit so he made it more episodic in nature which it does feel like it it's kind of like here he is over here and now he's going to a different town and now he's going over yeah. here and a lot of things happen it's it's almost like they could have released like little 15 minute chunks of this as like little cliffhangers every week like, let's see who Johnny's going to touch this week. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. that's, which I guess is kind of what the TV show did later on. But right. um, yeah, it, it's, it, it doesn't have the traditional structure. It's like things just kind of happen. It kind of works. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, it probably would have played a little bit better as a miniseries. But at the time, you know, you didn't really get a lot of funding for miniseries and things no. like nowadays, miniseries can look just as good as films and everything. But oh, yeah. In the first draft of the screenplay, Johnny does not die at the end, but rather has a vision about the Castle Rock killer who is still alive and escaped from prison. What? Uh, that sounds really silly, so I'm glad they didn't do that. <laughs> uh, okay, well, thank God for second drafts. Right. Like, that feels like something you would do if you're going to turn it into a TV series, which they ultimately did. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, not for a film. We, we, we don't need, like, 50 more sequels. Unlike with The Shining, Stephen King actually appreciated the story changes they made and he said it improved and intensified the power of the narrative so hmm. i guess they did something right wow. if stephen king writes off on it although these days like let's be honest St- stephen king signs off on every single stephen king adaptation. likes everything ex- ex- except for the shining i mean like <laughs> he still hates that but <laughs> he still he, he fucking like... hates that one with a fiery passion but everything else <laughs> everything else in the past decade that's been a adapted you'll see him post on twitter like can't wait for everybody to see this new adaptation it's one of the best ones ever it's like (laughs) really steve you see it and you're like is it steve is it and it's the remake of pet cemetery i'm like no steve come on no buddy yeah 
And then you see like people take his quotes all the time, which I would too, you know, and put them on the oh, box yeah. for movies and stuff. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. Stephen King called this one of the scariest movies he's seen. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. I have seen the future of horror. His name yeah. is Clive Barker. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'll always remember that one from the Hellraiser trailer and posters mm-hmm. and video boxes. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I'd stick it on there too if I got I would too. Shit. Yeah. Although keep in mind, folks, this is the same guy who has said he has never seen a bad horror movie because he's always just there to basically enjoy it and have a good time except for the shiny except for the shiny (laughs) that that is the one that is the one horror film he still hates to this day so uh who else what else what else uh bill murray was originally going to be cast in this role (laughs) uh would have been interesting (laughs) wait what that's that was the plan Um, apparently uh stephen king himself wanted bill murray to be in this role wait what (laughs) Mm mm-hmm Oh man, that's a whole different movie. It is. I mean, I I don't know that I would have picked Christopher Walken either, but he makes it work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I don't. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just trying to picture it. I, I mean, I, it could be like just a a wild card choice that could could yeah. have worked. I don't know, but right. I'm just have having a hard time picturing it for some reason. It's hard to see. It's hard to see. Cronenberg also wanted Hal Holbrook to play the sheriff. Uh, but oh, I guess that didn't that. end up happening. Yeah. Um, he he would have been good, but he yeah. was always good. So yeah, where's the surprise there? It's always a well cast film hell. overall. I mean, it's mm-hmm. I think everyone actually gives really good performance and performances in this. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Anyway, they started shooting in January 1983. Took place in Toronto, like we said. Um, the Dead Zone was apparently filmed during a relentless deep freeze in southern oh, Ontario, no. which lasted oh. for weeks which created this authentic atmosphere of sub-zero temperatures. Uh, the theme park scene at the beginning, which is very random, but it was uh, shot at <laughs> Canada's Wonderland. Oh. Uh, so there you go. delightful. Yeah. Music soundtrack composed by Michael Kamen uh, with the National Philharmonic Orchestra in London. Oh, snazzy. I know. It's a great score. It's very lush yeah. and... Uh, Builds up nicely and uh, really accentuates everything. So yeah, nice. I think we talked about how this was the one film of Cronenberg's that Howard Shore didn't score. Yes, uh, this is the only Cronenberg film since The Brood for which wow. Howard Shore was not composer. It's interesting. Yeah, that's very odd. I don't know, like if he was busy or what was going on, or the studio was like, we don't want that Shore fucker. Right. Hard because they couldn't they couldn't see into the future to see what he would do with like Lord of the Rings and stuff. Right. They didn't know. A huge hit. Dead Zone released in the United States and Canada on October 24th. 24th? I can't talk today. 21st. It's the 21st. <laughs> I'm like Jennifer Jason Lee and uh, the, uh, uh, oh God, help me out. The, uh, the Hudsucker Proxy. Hudsucker, there, yeah. Proxy. There we go. October 24th. Yeah, everybody. Uh, not super successful commercially here. It uh, grossed somewhere between 16 million and 21 million. I don't know why these numbers are weird, but uh, but against a roughly $10 million budget. So oh, not yeah, too it's, wonderful. It's not great, but yeah, I don't know. But it's developed quite a little cult following over the years. So yeah. uh, I think it made a name for itself. I mean, you got a multi-series uh, TV show. So, you know, people are still... I feel like people remember it. Like, it, it, it is one that people do talk about occasionally. It's usually ranked pretty high on the Stephen King adaptations list. Yeah. I wouldn't put it in, like, the top tier for me, but I would maybe put it, like, 
right below that, whatever tier that is, like, you know, the, the good tier, you know, maybe not yeah, the amazing I mean, tier, but I don't know if it's top five. It's de definitely top 10 for me, I think. Yeah, it would, it would be top 10 for me. Yeah. 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 But then again, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, Stephen King adaptations are, are a very mixed bag. <laughs> so Yeah, I would say there are more <laughs> questionable ones than there are really yeah. great ones. And most of the really great ones were made in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't think of anyone that was like amazing. Gerald's Game was pretty good. Oh, um, that was good. That was a great one. Yeah. You like Dr. Sleep more than I did. I need to revisit it. I did. Yeah. There's I that. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I can't think of too many other like great ones from the past twenty years or so. Um, the Mist, I like the Mist. Pretty good. Yeah, The Mist is pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I think those are probably the, those the are best. Probably but the most of them, for me, yeah. yeah, most of them were made last century. That sounds weird to say, but yeah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> last century before we went into the Roaring Twenties two point <laughs> Back in the late twentieth century, I've had. I've heard college kids say that, and I'm like, no, you mean the 90s? <laughs> like, come on. Just slap them. Slap them hard. Make them stop that. Makes me feel Too ancient. Much. Too much. It's horrible. Get my bifocals out. <laughs> Back in my day, they, they, they just made better Stephen King adaptations. <laughs> they don't make them like they used to. It's just true. I mean, I'm sorry, but it, it's, it's a fact. None, none of the... <laughs> we had this whole string of adaptations, and none of them were particularly great. It was okay. It wasn't, like, great. Yeah. <laughs> Dead Zone received... Positive reviews from critics. Um, well, look at us. Like two two films in a row here. We're, wow. <laughs> are we, we becoming one of those podcasts that only cover like classy films? Yes. Prestige drama thrillers for the entire year. Join us next week as we cover Night Train to Terror and, uh, <laughs> and break that spell. <laughs> uh, a return to Bloodbeat. Ay, 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 the return to blood beat. The consensus reads, The Dead Zone combines taut direction and rich performances to create one of the strongest Stephen King adaptations. Roger Ebert, our dear Ebes, gave it three and a half stars. He liked it quite a bit. Uh, Brooke pretty Adams good should have gone topless, he says. Exactly, which is like pretty good given that there are, it doesn't star a woman, uh, you know, so there's that. I mean, there are women in the film. <laughs> Uh, what does he say? What does he say? He says, um, one of the best of half a dozen cinematic adaptations of King's novels, uh, at the time anyway, uh, he praised Cronenberg's direction for successfully weaving the supernatural into the everyday life and noted believable performances from the entire cast, especially from Walken. He says, Walken does such a good job of portraying Johnny Smith, the man with a strange gift that we forget this is a science fiction or fantasy or whatever, and just accept it. As this guy's story. I don't know that I ever forgot, but, no. uh, you know, it's, it's good performance, though. It's still good performance. You know, I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. I'm never like, this is clearly a kitchen sink drama. I, that's, yeah. it, I mean, never, it's, uh... it's hard to forget it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, like, uh, hokey supernatural hijinks going on here. So, yeah. uh, you know. And I don't want to forget it. I want to enjoy the ho hokiness. Yeah. I like a little I mean, hope. That, that's, that's part of the charm of Stephen King's works i think you know with the yeah. folky hoaxy oh, hokey hoaxy hokey folk hoaxy 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 well hokey and folksy create we just hokey, created a hoaxy so. stephen king known for his hoaxy work <laughs> you do the hoaxy pokesy in you. <laughs> and you turn yourself around. that's stephen king <laughs> we made a word yeah. yeah yeah um he does 
strike that weird balance though where like it doesn't feel like reality but it also does feel like reality like the characters mm-hmm. feel real enough even though they're not really talking like real people half the time and uh it's interesting i don't know he find he finds some balance with that that's his art uh, very few can that do is. that uh new york times liked it too they said is a well-acted drama more eerie than terrifying more rooted in the occult than in sheer horror more of a psychological thriller really it's really more of a character study about a, a man. It does feel a little bit formative in that regard. You know, while everybody else was kind of making these slashers, they, I think, were, uh, you had a couple of these thrillers kind of in the early 80s that would become very popular in the early 90s. In fact, for a while, it was like all there was in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it feels kind of formative in that regard. The, both the book and the novel are loosely based on the life of a famous psychic named Peter Herkos. Uh, Herkos claimed to have acquired his alleged powers after he fell off a ladder and hit his head. Oh, there we no. go. Yeah. God, that must really suck to wake up and be like, oh, damn, I got these powers now. I have these fucking visions and everybody wants something from you. And it's yeah, because man. it really isn't like even at some point in the movie, like his dad's like, you have a gift. And he's like, no, it's a curse. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it kind of is a curse. Like, I wouldn't want this gift. I don't think it's really a gift. No, I mean, you couldn't touch anybody without saying, no. like, the trauma that they're going to go yeah. through. And it's, it did, it, I was also a little confused, like, why was everybody's trauma, like, within seconds of him touching? Them? Right. <laughs> you know, with, yeah. like, like, what if you saw somebody's future, like, 10 years ahead and mm-hmm. you didn't know when it was going to be or, like, when to tell them to look out for something like that? I feel like that would be yeah. even scarier. It's uh, always, like, within, like, a day or so. And I'm like, that doesn't, yeah, like, yeah. really... Right. I don't know. But mm. then like with Stilson, he sees like the whole future because of him and what he's going to do. That's true. With him, that is true. With with him, it is different. Yeah. 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 I'm going to say mm. that's one of those plot holes. <laughs> Y'all better plug up that plot hole. Here comes Pennywise with a plunger trying to plug up that hole. <laughs> Hello, kids. <laughs> it's me, Pennywise. <laughs> what is happening? In this drama thriller experience, psychological oh. <laughs> <laughs> extravagance. This elevated horror tale. Elevate, that's what they would call it today. Elevated yes, horror. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, there's this dude named Johnny, and he's a teacher, and he has this fiance named Sarah, and everything's going great for them, which is, you know, kind of boring. Not so, a good sign. No. <laughs> if they're having a nice life, and it's a horror, a horror, a horror film, TikTok. Mm-hmm. And they're at this amusement park on a roller coaster. Alone. Yeah, I don't, I guess it's not a very popular amusement park. Does he have a friend at this? They never explain it. Like, (laughs) why are they just at this abandoned amusement park? I don't. They're like, "Uh, we're going to shoot this on the last day. We've run out of money. We don't have money for extras. Can y'all just do it yourself? They're like, sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and, And so they're on this roller coaster and he gets this really bad headache and He's like, I need to go home and rest. And Sarah's all like, oh, why don't you stay the night? And he's like, I can't. And unfortunately for him, when he leaves, he gets into a really bad car accident. And he wakes up in this clinic and his parents are there. And they're like, you've been in a coma for five years. And he's like, what? Where is Sarah? What happened to her? And they're like, um, well, she's married to someone else. And Johnny, obviously, is a little broken up about this whole thing. It's it's just not good. It's not good. And, like, he he's having a hard time using his body because, I mean, you know, he was in that 
he was in that wreck and he has been in a bed for five years so he hasn't moved <laughs> it's a little like daytime soap opera uh a yeah. little bit person just wakes up from a coma all of a sudden and yeah. he doesn't have amnesia though so that that's good no. he can remember who yeah. everybody is which is nice uh, exactly he's yeah. not like i'm actually my twin brother drake it's not like that yeah, yeah. um unfortunately because that might might have been fun who knows that would have been interesting um, yeah, maybe in the next adaptation in five years they can yeah. do that. I don't yeah. know why they haven't redone this one again. I'm sure someone's just itching to. Both of these. Yeah, I mean, like we said, they did it the TV series, but even that's been mm-hmm. like a, over a decade at this point. So. Oh, God, yeah. Hell, that might have been like close to 20 years now. It's been a while. Probably. It's been a while. It was Good on there for like five years or something. It lasted yeah. quite a while. Um, he touched yeah. a lot of people. He really did. <laughs> Boy, did he. Um, yes. So this one day, this nurse is checking in on him. And he grabs her hand and he has this vision that he's trapped in this kid's bedroom and it's all on fire. It's like he's actually in the room. There's smoke everywhere. And there's this kid who's like screaming and he's like, Amy, need you. She needs your help. And the nurse is like, what? My daughter's name is Amy. How did you know that? And he's all like, the house is on fire and you need to leave right now before it's too late. So she does. Like she just believes him. And she sees that the house is on fire fire but thankfully amy is rescued and safe and everything's Mm a-okay and so johnny's getting some physical therapy and sort of learning how to walk walk again and he touches his doctor and he gets another vision except this time he's in this war ridden landscape with tanks everywhere and everything's on fire people are screaming how much do you think it cost just to shoot this like one scene I I i would think it was pretty involved like was this just one afternoon somewhere on a back lot because it's 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 quite intense it is um and he sees this little boy being taken away from his mother and johnny's like she survived your mother survived and the doc's like how that can't be Mm -hmm. and then johnny just comes right out with like her name and address which i don't know how he knows that but you know he just he just does because he's got the gift the psychic abilities are you know mysterious we'll never really a little suspect but as the, we'll go the doctor the says ride. the doctor says you are either in possession of a very new human ability or a very no what is it very old one or a very new one or old new yeah. which whatever we says both everything uh, that's old is new again so. yes exactly that's the, the <laughs> main here. this ability has probably been around forever but only certain people get it throughout time for some reason we don't know who knows trauma that's trauma brings it up good old trauma good old american trauma mm-hmm. and so the doctor calls and finds out that Johnny was right. And like you say, he's like, you, my, my, my son, you have a gift. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah's cheating ass shows back up and she's all like, <laughs> Hey, it's nice to see you. It's been five years. Good to see you up and about, by the way, I've got a kid named Denny and, um, and I'm married. And, and so it's obvious that Johnny still kind of has a thing for her and she might still have a thing for him. But she's a respectable married lady now, and there will be none of that. Not in Castle Rock. We don't have that. Not for another, like, Catherock. 20 minutes or so, anyway. <laughs> yes. Give it time. Um. <laughs> I also like the little bit of dialogue where she's like, oh, you lost weight. And he's like, it's called the coma diet. You lose weight while you sleep. <laughs> oh, Johnny, like, I need that. you kidder. I'll take yeah. that. <laughs> I'll take a coma diet. Why not? <laughs> and um then she's like you know your uh your little mystical powers are just being talked about in town and people are sp- spreading all these rumors and stuff and he's like i guess i need to give a press conference to you know squash all those rumors and he gives one and this asshole reporter is like hey johnny why don't you give us a demonstration bro 
And he's all like, fuck you. You want to know why your sister killed herself? And he's all like, fuck you, you freak. And and then at home, Johnny's parents are watching this whole thing. And his mother gets so upset that she passes out. And Johnny goes to see her at the hospital. And she dies. She dies there. It's very, very sad. Mm-hmm. You know, because it just makes you think all that time he lost being in a coma, you know, because he's at that age where, you know, your parents just start dying and getting yeah. sick and he's lost so much time. And mm-hmm. so Johnny moves in with his dad to kind of take care of him and make sure he's OK. And one day the sheriff shows up and is like, you think you could help us find this Castle Rock killer? And Johnny's like, no, thanks. I'm not going to do it because this whole thing is em- embarrassing. I can't do it any- anymore. Played by the gorgeous Tom Skerritt. Oh God, he's so fucking hot. Tom Scared is mm-hmm. such a hot piece of ass. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Calm down, Chris. This is a PG pop. Okay. <laughs> We're covering a classy movie. Shut your mouth, you <laughs> whore. Um, and and his dad's like, "Listen, son, you've been given a gift. You should use it. Help these people." And John, John, he's like, "It's not a gift. It's a curse." And he's like, "You know what God did for me? He threw a truck at me. He bounced mm-hmm. me into nowhere for five years." He he does that. God likes to throw trucks at people a lot. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. he really enjoys that. It's a movie and, about um, faith and destiny, true. faith and trauma. Lots of trauma, lots mm-hmm. of trauma. And then here comes Sarah again, coming over with her wickedly woman ways and bringing and her, her baby, kid over by there. The way. And yeah. the, the, the freaking kid. She's like, "Here's my kid. Uh, my ho- my husband's out right now, so I just thought I would sneak over and say hi." Yeah. And then um, they sort of like have sex, I think, right? <laughs> it's implied. Like they're it's just, implied. <laughs> they start taking off each other's clothes, again, with her baby yeah. in the other room. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess she still has some feelings for old Johnny. You know, it reminds me of that scene from Election with uh, where Matthew Broderick goes over to the oh, yeah. other woman's house and they're just having yeah. sex with the baby just sitting there on the floor watching <laughs> the whole so time. weird. <laughs> Once again, Stephen King bringing in that gritty realism. Mm-hmm. People having affairs with their children in the same room. Ugh. Trash. Heathens. And Johnny hears some more stuff about this Castle Rock killer, and he's like, okay, maybe I should try to help. So he calls up the sheriff, and the sheriff takes him to a location where there was a murder. But Johnny just can't pick up any anything. So he's he's like, you know, it, it might help if I have some sort of article of the victim or just something that would have been touched. And they're in, in luck, though, because because they get a call saying that there's been another body f- found at this, like, gazebo in a park. So they all head there, um, including the deputy. And Johnny finds the dead girl, and he takes her hand, and he starts to see what she saw. And she was on this gazebo, and there was this man who she seemed to know, who, like, was talking to her and sort of, you know... Um, trying to make her comfortable even though he seems kind of like a creeper and then he stabs her with some scissors and he sees that the killer is actually the deputy <gasps> and and he's like oh my god and they're like where'd the deputy go and he's already packed like he has packed it out and just gone back home and then he decides to get naked and then put on a black trench coat as one does and swallow a pair of scissors, you know, yeah. which is just really nasty. Scene. Even though you don't see anything, it's really no. gross because it's implied. Well, I mean, you just you think about the room for 
error and this suicide is it seems it's so true. extreme i mean it's true like how are you sure you're gonna actually hit the right spot to kill yourself yeah. it just seems very like i don't know Pick it seems like them, there are easier dude. easier ways to uh to do this yeah yeah i mean if i was gonna do it which i'm not by the way no one call a hot hotline okay but <laughs> if if i was it would not be with a pair of scissors in my mouth it just wouldn't no thank you no i mean it looks cool i guess he was right. going more for the aesthetic than the right. practicality which exactly. okay exactly i ap- and the, appreciate that and the psychic shenanigans they just, it just feels very formative for like a million cbs nbc tv shows about like detectives being assisted by psychics and shit over the years it's very true yeah Yeah. it's very like medium and ghost whisperer Mm -hmm. and stuff yeah yeah and uh, and so johnny and the sheriff go to um the deputy's house and the deputy's mom answers the door and she's like what do you want you demon you're a part of the devil and colleen doers colleen do great performance for like two seconds fresh from when a stranger calls Mm-hmm. And um, and she's like, you know what? Um, it's true. He's been killing all those loose women in Castle Rock because they're sinners. And she's kind of like egging him on. So I guess she's mm-hmm. kind of like an accomplice. I don't know if she actually helped him kill people or what, but she's definitely in on this whole, you know, yeah. horrible thing. And they break in and they go and they find the deputy dead. But then the deputy's mom pop pops out and shoots poor Johnny. And the sheriff has to kill her crazy ass. It's like, man, this is just a lot of work. This is exhausting. It's hard to be a psychic. And Johnny's all like, um, that was a lot. So I need to get my ass out of here. And so he like shacks up in a cabin for a while, kind of lets the bullet wound heal. But his headaches keep getting worse. Um, And then he starts becoming a tutor to this kid named Chris, who is the son of this really wealthy guy. And as he first gets there, there's this guy named Greg Stilson leaving. And he's this big blowhard politician type type guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just he reeks of bull bullshit just right Played from the beginning. Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. Yes. Really great performance. Good performance. Uh, fantastic. It's it's Very, a much uh, different politician than he would play on the West Wing later yes, on. Yes, <laughs> this is a kind of proto Donald Trump here, more like Very much so, yeah. And he's running for state senator. And Chris's dad is all like, this guy is trouble. He is a liar and a cheat. Mm, He's just bad news. Um, Which makes sense because Stilson is the type to, you know, threaten newspapers if they publish something negative about him. (laughs) Yeah, he he just seems like a big bully, you know, like a a certain certain person. And uh, very Mm -hmm. populist sentiments just sort of playing into people's fears and... uh, very much he's an so. independent which wouldn't usually work but in maine uh independents actually get elected so that's a nice little mm. touch there yes i i do believe he would probably have his own tv show on fox if he was around now oh Just yes like of course the way stilson sees it or some shit yes exactly you know? and um johnny keeps tutoring chris and and one day who shows up at the door but sarah because she's going door-to-door campaigning for this dumbass, mm-hmm. and and who is with her but her husband mm. and Mr. Dumbass. Awkward, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Dumbass, and so Mr. and Mrs. Dumbass. <laughs> and so after they've left, Johnny feels a little bit blue, and Chris is like comforting him, and when he goes to hug him, here comes another vision, 
And this time, Johnny sees all these hockey-playing kids falling through an icy lake, and he tells Chris's mm-hmm. dad that this is going to happen and begs him not to take Chris to this game. And to show appreciation, he fucking fires him, even though Chris doesn't want him to. Yeah, he's like, he just oh my gave God. this like impassioned monologue where you get like the iconic yeah. line from the the movie. Yeah, you know? exactly. Which I'm not going to say because I can't say it as well as he can. So <laughs> no, I mean, who can do anything as well as Christopher Walken? No. And uh, and then Johnny does find out that two boys drowned during the hockey game, and he calls Chris right. just to make sure it wa- wasn't him. And yeah. he an- oh, and I think we found phone. out at at this point that uh, Johnny's visions are making him physically ill and yes. could potentially kill him over time mm-hmm. yeah so he's trying not to right. have them but he's still having them yeah he just can't help it and uh and so now stilson's having this rally and uh johnny goes because he he thinks that sarah will be there but he ends up encountering stilson and shakes his hand and johnny has another vision and this is the worst one of them all because he sees that a full-on nuclear war is going to be brought on by Stilson mm-hmm. if he is elected. Because yeah. he'll become president, <laughs> and it's a whole crazy conspiracy here. Right. And just to hammer home like how terrible this guy is, like he announces the nuclear launches and then right after his advisors come in they're like oh actually there's a, a diplomatic way we can handle this sir and he's like yeah whatever i already launched fucking missiles i don't have time like, i don't have time for this <laughs> so um johnny goes and he talks to his doctor and he's like if you could go back in time would you kill hitler and the doctor's like uh yeah i would and he's a son of a bitch and so they start to believe that maybe Johnny isn't just seeing the future, but he has the power to change it as well. So Johnny's like, Stilson's got to go for the sake of this planet. He has got to go. So he gets himself a little ri- rifle and shows up at a city hall where Stilson's giving another rally and it's packed with people. And at some point, Stilson brings Sarah and her kid up on stage to prove that he's like, you know, of the people or some folksy shit like that. Remember and when politicians used to like kiss babies all the time? I feel like that doesn't happen as much. It's like anymore, a thing. Like, yeah. yeah, it's a thing. It kind of died out, especially with COVID. They're like, just, yeah, we can't yeah. kiss. I, I ain't kiss babies. <laughs> kiss nobody. Because <laughs> someone on Reddit will claim that we're, you know, a pedophile who likes <laughs> to eat babies in a pizza <laughs> pot parlor somewhere or something like hillary clinton <laughs> that baby eating pizza bitch that... <laughs> Benghazi. she's a lizard person don't you know <laughs> and so sarah looks up and she sees johnny with a gun and she flips out which causes him to miss and everyone's freaking out and running out and this guy's like taking pictures just snap snap snapping away and stilson takes sarah's baby and uses him as a human shield <laughs> And what, like, a un- what a winner! What a winner! Unfortunately, it does get photo- photographed, and um, and then Johnny tries to shoot him again, but he gets shot by um Stilson's security folks, and he falls off the mm-hmm. balcony and lands on some chairs, and yeah, and uh, Stilson walks up to Johnny and is like, "I know someone hired hired you to do this. Who was it?" And yeah. so Johnny grabs him, and he has one last vision where this picture that the person took of Stilson holding the baby as a shield is plastered on this magazine and his career is over and Stilson shoots himself. And yeah. Johnny's like, you're done, bitch. And Stilson runs out trying to find the photographer and Sarah shows up and, and she just wants to know why he did it. And 
He doesn't really answer her, but she's still like, I love you. And she starts crying and then he dies and that's the end. It's a real upbeat <laughs> film. Upbeat. It's, <laughs> it's a, a downer. It's a real crowd pleaser. I mean, still, Stilson gets what's coming to him, which probably would which not happen true. today. Like you would no. get the Fox News would just be like, oh, they photoshopped that picture. And none of this actually <laughs> not a real happened. baby. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. But in the 80s, maybe it would prevent someone from winning. Yeah. Who knows? They'd be like, that's a deep fake. What are you talking about? Right. A fake. What do they call it? The, 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 the truth thing that they used to call them? Um, the truth thing. The, uh, um, the, the, the fake truths. What, what are the Trumpers? Oh, fake the, news. Uh, fake news. Fake yeah. news. Yes. So oh, I hadn't heard that news. in like four years. So I, I've forgotten what it was. It's been a while. It has it been has, a while. Yeah. How refreshing yeah. to remember a time when that <laughs> was a Yes. <laughs> yes. All the fake news. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 a great movie. It's it's it's, a, good. it's a it's a good complex little movie. Very yeah. Um, like we said, it's episodic, so it's not. It's mm, it doesn't build like a normal film because of that. It's sort no. of things just sort of happen. Yeah, but they they, um, they they cram a lot into yeah a film here, and uh, mm-hmm. but it's got a lot of great thematic stuff. You got stuff about like yeah. faith and destiny and childhood trauma and yeah. political extremism. You got mm-hmm. psychic visions, roller coasters. I mean, who doesn't fucking love a roller coaster? Even like a mad coaster. slasher, you know? It's like they yeah. cram everything in there. Right. It's 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 got a little bit of everything all wrapped up in a nice little Cronenberg box. Um, a little bit of Grand Dame Guignol with Colleen Dewhurst with a gun. Yeah, yeah exactly. And he tries nice. for a little bit of the, uh, I don't know, uh, human mushy stuff here and there it's not his forte i would say uh, it's never really been cronenberg's stuff he's more cold like we tend to say yes. but uh, there's a little bit of that human drama in here as well that he tries to play up so that's good yeah yeah i and I, I like when he tries to do that i think it you yeah. know it's to me those are some of his more effective movies when he at least kind of yeah. tries to bring out that uh human element yeah i think it's one of my favorites of of his work it's got yeah, a lot of good work. stuff in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. It's no brood, but what is? It's really? no brood, but, you know, uh, they both got great wintry settings here. So that's, yeah. that's great. In Canada. Canada. Yep. Canada. Right next to Genovia, if you didn't know. Oh, Genovia. Oh. Mm-hmm. Julie Andrews really ruled that place with an iron fist. <laughs> she was so she good. <laughs> Where's that prequel? I just need like her whole reign as queen. Like where, the, that five season Netflix series, The Queen. Why I just not? need that for <laughs> the, the Genovian queen, queen. Dot, dot, dot of Genovia. Genovia. Oh God. So many great actresses could play Julie Andrews throughout time. It would be. Oh be great. my God. Oh, great. what? Come on, Disney Plus. Get with it. Yeah. That's that's a good that's a good idea for pro programming. That's what we're missing. We are giving you a gift. Take it, accept mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's the dead zone. It is uh, just uh, a very good film. There's a lovely it, Scream Factory Blu-ray out. That's uh, there is yes looks nice. So did we ever explain what the dead zone was? Well, it's like that thing where it's it's like is it a premonition or is it something you can change? I'm never really quite sure what they're talking about there. Like it's some sort of yeah. It's that it's the dead zone in between those. I don't know. It's very complicated. A lot. It's, uh... I'm not a, a scientist. Yeah. 
Let's see. Uh, Wikipedia says, uh, refers to the part of Johnny's brain that is irreparably damaged, resulting in his dormant psychic potential awakening. Mm. Okay. Uh, it, well, in the that's the novel version. In the film adaptation, it is the part of his psychic vision that is missing, a blank area that he cannot see. Right. Like when you're driving a car and you got that blank spot. Uh, yeah, it's out there. Lots yes. of places, so go check it out if it's Many been a while. Many places. It's a... Uh, uh oh it has an anniversary this year too we didn't plan that oh but really oh because it was at 83 us. so it would be 40 years 40 years old. ago crazy four score and 40 years ago yeah we'll see what other stephen king hijinks we get up to this month there's a yeah. lot to choose from like we said so we'll yeah, see which ones do you think we'll cover you might yeah. be right you might be wrong you you will you will see will uh, it be carrie will it be children of the corn thinner who knows? <laughs> Fucking thinner. Fourteen oh eight. There's there's a lot. There's yeah. endless options, really. Indeed. Um, we could do a whole fucking now, Stephen King podcast, which we will not do, but we could. <laughs> could we do just a Children of the Corn sequel? I mean, technically, mm. it's based on Stephen King. Does it count as a Stephen yeah, King adaptation? You know, you know, it's uh, <laughs> sort of, kind of based on Stephen King's work. Well, I pick. Children of the Corn 666, Isaac's Return. Uh, that will be our next. That will be our next move. Okay. Well, you can have fun. I might be the only one, one covering and... it, but that's <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> Just have a little dialogue with yourself, going back and forth. You know, yeah. be fun. <laughs> what do you think, Kevin? <laughs> well, I, I think blah blah blah, blah 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 blah. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> I hate everything. I'm Kevin. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't like her, like or hate anything. I'm just always in between. Why can't I pick a lane and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's my impression of myself. <laughs> it's very good. It's just <laughs> right you. on point. Thank really. Just Thank you. uncanny. <laughs> also, I love North. North is a great movie. Why don't we talk about North? North is the North best is so movie of all time. <laughs> Roger Ebert was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's me oh, Jesus <laughs> oh good um, lord I guess it's my turn for an overlook gem this oh, week oh yeah what you overlooking uh, uh, this is a film from last year that I meant to mention during our little roundup episode but I forgot um, it's a pretty good little I don't know how to describe it mindfuck thriller kind of drama thing called hypochondriac Mm. um this is a film that features a young potter named will who has a loving boyfriend yes it is gay oh um disgusting i know how dare i oh that is so (laughs) sickening they have to stop making those kinds of movies about those people i know but they're living this you know sinful lifestyle together you know uh, (laughs) as all gay couples do um but he gets this package from someone claiming to be his mother and that just kicks off all this shit uh and he starts having all these visions of like creepy donnie darko style human animal things like all over the Mm. place and uh just like descends into the spiral of madness and all this childhood trauma starts coming up and uh his boyfriend's just kind of like what the fuck is happening and uh tries to help him through this but things just get progressively worse and worse and worse um, 
So it's got a lot of good like mental illness stuff in it. Um, a really good performance by Zach Villa, who is the lead. There's also some gay sex in this, which is always a plus. Oh, uh, soul with some some rimming. So there's that. Interesting. What? In a horror picture. In a horror film. Oh my uh, goodness. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting little movie. It's um, you can tell some budgetary restraints here and there, but uh, they do a lot with it. And uh, like I said, maybe not straight like blood and guts horror, but it's definitely psychological horror. So it's uh, worth checking out. Wow, it's and been on my list movie. for a while. Isn't it on Shutter? I believe that's where I watched One it. The Shutter sounds yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta watch that. It's 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 gay, so. I like gay things. If it had been a straight man, would I have cared as much? Probably not, but no. that's okay. <laughs> straight men the and their trauma, please. Exactly. Yeah. What do it's, they know it's, it's about great... trauma? Yeah, what do they? they they'll, they'll, you know. <laughs> oh, you couldn't go to the football game you wanted to go to. Oh, sorry. Oh, sad trombone. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry, straight listeners. Yes. Some We're of just some of whom are. Joshin. Wonderful. I mean, all the ones who listen to this podcast are wonderful human beings. So lovely folks. Yes. Uh, we don't want to to uh, what's the word? Ostracize or uh, something. Your trauma. Uh, um, oh yeah. Make uh, light uh, of. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Minimize your trauma. Minimize your trauma. <laughs> no. No. Yes. Yeah. That was the dead zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we said, we'll be back next week with another Stephen King hit or miss. We'll see. Yeah, you never know what we're going to pick. It, it might be one of the worst ones. Yes. You never know. As uh, Debbie J- Jelinski would say, you never know. You don't. You don't. Uh, we will We will have to just see. Um, anything is possible in this new year full of possibilities. Mm-hmm. We've got possibilities, maybe, maybe even, even a lot. Even a lot. <laughs> maybe we'll join a cult. Maybe. Maybe. Anything's I'm possible. about it. Yeah. Maybe we'll start a cult. I mean, why not? Let's bring back the cult of Isaac. I mean, those kids just never got it right in those Children no. of the Corn movies. I think we could no. learn from their mistakes and do it right this time. I think so. Lots of missed potential there. Yeah. yeah. First of yeah. all, get rid of the kids because they're annoying. Let's just have adults <laughs> do it instead. Maybe just some nice women and, you know, a couple gays here and there. Um, yeah, okay. I could see that. It's like. Yeah the remake of the wicker man when it was like a feminist cult for yeah. some reason that yeah. was weird but i was kind of into that was weird. it that was weird why not i worship any cult that has ellen burston and bees and bees cgi bees yeah. everywhere why yeah. not that hmm. sounds fun i'm into yeah. it all right well you know if you want to be on our cult mailing list you can uh yeah. email us at homos hill <laughs> at gmail.com <laughs> Let us know your name and uh, how much you, you're willing to submit to this cause because we have to build a whole isolated nation on an island somewhere. So that's going to cost we money. Do. You know, it's going to be a not, little expensive. We're not flush with cash right now, folks. So, you know. Because we're we're going to want Wi-Fi there just because. Uh, we're going to need the Wi-Fi. You, you know? know, we have to keep in touch with the world. I'm going to need a, a hot tub, at least one. I mean, yeah. Essential. I think for baptisms and shit. You know, cabins, everybody gets a hot tub, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to sleep yeah. in tents. So if you want to join no, the cult, you know, that. we're going to need some cabins and we'll, we'll, we'll sort you into houses. Like some of you can be the Dorothy's and some of you, you can be the Sophia's and you know, oh, the Blanche's, and the Roses. I like that. Yeah. Ooh. Hmm. Maybe we just want to start a summer camp. I think that's what we're Maybe. trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. really want a cult. We just want a summer camp. <laughs> Maybe just a nice little summer getaway. Hmm. <laughs> 
you. Camp Haunted Hill. We hold you in our hearts. And when I think about <laughs> when you. I think about you. It makes me want to fart. Makes me want to fart. <laughs> That's part. Now get it right or pay the price. <laughs> Here's Zeke the plumber. <laughs> no. Our Gen Z listeners are like, what the hell are they talking about? Who's Zeke the plumber? I don't understand. I don't, I've never been to Camp Anawana. They probably stopped listening to us like after the first episode anyway, because probably. they're like, oh, they're only they're only covering stuff from the eighties and the nineties and you know. Like, why aren't you talking about there's someone in the house or whatever? Like what's <laughs> new? What? Horror doesn't exist before like two thousand ten. Okay. Yeah, you can start with like hereditary and we'll just work work our way up, okay? <laughs> that's when horror was born. When Tony Collette said, I am your mother, that's when it was born. That's when it was born. And that's just a fact, okay? And anything else is literal violence. So I'm mean, yeah. gonna need you to stop and check your privilege right now. So yes. Jordan Peele and Ari Aster invented horror in the late twenty tens. It's like a thing. Everybody knows it's it. It's like a thing. Like why can't you just like learn? It's ridiculous. Like do better. <laughs> if there's no cell phones, then it's not really horror, is it? It just bothers me when I watch an old movie and I'm like, why aren't they just calling the police from their cell phone? Right. Like, well, I don't, don't you get just, it. Like, TikTok a, a cry for help or something. <laughs> like, like, somebody's help to your TikTok followers. <laughs> Somebody would help you. <laughs> or they would send really fun emojis and then you wouldn't be as scared. Like, it would yeah. help no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get why this villain is doing a bad thing in this movie. Like, it's really oh evil of this bad person to do something so bad. And I don't want to watch it's it because it's so offensive. problematic. Like, yeah. why are they being mean to people? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, what is that promoting to the world? Right. Oh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I would watch our Gen, Gen Z satire series. Come on. <laughs> why not? <laughs> if you would like to support our <laughs> effort. <laughs> Oh, what if we just like turn this podcast into just us being Gen Z watching, <laughs> watching old the- horror <laughs> movies? That could be interesting. Um, we're watching the house on Sorority Row, and this one girl is really mean, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I really don't like it. I mean, there's supposed really to be sisterhood rude. here. Why yeah, are they being so mean to each other? Sisterhood. I'm hearing all this yeah. talk about how we are sisters, and I'm not seeing it. Oh, I don't know how we got on that tangent, but I don't either. That's okay. <laughs> How do we ever? <laughs> um, oh, good lord! But yes, uh, hopefully you enjoyed that little little talk about life. I thought it was interesting, yes. and uh, we will be, be we will be back next week to talk mm-hmm. about another Stephen King classic or non classic. We'll see. Uh, Curio, I should say. Um, I just want to know if it's going to be a problematic film. Because if well, it is, I'm I'm not gonna talk about it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna bring that negativity into the world. I'm not gonna do it. I know. It. In 2023, that was your goal. No more yeah. problematic films. We're not talking <laughs> no about a single problematic films. <laughs> so we will, we won't be talking about Bambi next week because the mom dies no. at the beginning of that, and that's really problematic. But we will be covering episodes of Teletubbies. Oh my God. Yes. Nothing of any conflict ever happens on that show. So. With special focus on the queer one. Woo! Tinky Woo! Winky was the name. Tinky was it? Winky. Tinky Winky. Yes. Or no. Dipsy La La Poe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> okay. Uh, goodbye, I guess. Bye.